Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone, it's the MXP podcast. Uh, we're back for, for, <laughs> for a spell of time. We've been away for a, another spell of time. Mate and Payjack podcast with Mate and Payjack. Yeah. Special edition. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got a few things we're going to discuss this week. Some of the, 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 the wild world of sport that's happened in the last few days and, and whatever, last week or so. Um, and some of the random things that we've been up to since we last spoke to our, each other and, and you guys as well. Uh, but of course, we will have a purge because everyone loves a good everyone loves a good purge. Um, have you have you had anything gesticulating? I, I'm going to have to purge myself this time, Paul. So right, okay, so you're... Purge is Chris Pajak. Yeah, I think so. And listen, people clamouring for mate and Pajak on the podcast, they'll be gutted because I'm purging myself yeah. here. Or maybe not. But I'm Everyone doing clamouring for more of my dad. I'm we'll doing my own head in at the moment, to okay. be honest with you. And I think that's annoying. And maybe I'm a little bit too self aware, I don't know. But I'm really irritating myself because uh, one of the things that you know that I hate most is transfer rumours. And because I've done the news every single day on Red Men TV, I have been unbearable with the clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> like every day, it's fucking Phil Coutinho. I know Phil Coutinho ain't gonna sign for Liverpool, but I'm stoking the fires nonetheless because I'm a tit yeah. and because I deserve to be paged for that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he deserves to be paged as much as Phil Coutinho. I actually wouldn't mind him back, mate. Oh, no, I wouldn't be asked either way. To be perfectly honest, like yeah, I um yeah, I, I, massive, massive shrug. Um, right, my page this week is I'm trying to think whether I should boil this down because there's a, there's a wider there's probably a wide version of this. it's come from I could page Piers Morgan do it do it I think I could, we already have I could page Piers Morgan for days for days and days and days but it's something that he's done to kind of spark this and it's not just him but he's the most most prevalent example of it I did a little bit on the last show on the last one of these we were on together when I talked about like people who go online to just say how my whole shit women's footy is and it's just like just just get in the bin just leave just leave it alone and let it be let it be its thing and it's 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 the reaction to Megan Rapinoe. And I don't even know if that's how you say her name. I've never seen her play football in my in my entire life. But I, I talk about this all the time. I'm aware of her via osmosis because the US Women's National Team won the Women's World Cup and she's been the absolute superstar of it. The forefront of it, she's everywhere. She's on the news. She's on, you know, all, all over the world being pushed, pushed forward for all this stuff. Um, and there was the video that did the rounds in the week of her being asked to sign a ball and being, like, really, like, it looked like really dis- dismissive or bored or disrespectful or whatever. Didn't look at the person as she handed it signed it and just kind of like got on, kind of like she was getting on with her life. And I've seen like sensible people reacting to it, and I've seen none of it. Are we? 
the thing that gets me about about this in particular is, and it's funny because I'm sure you can relate, is are we still judging people based on out of context 10 second clips is that who we are in 2019 are we all still i couldn't tell you where she was and there will be like the oscars to me yeah yeah she was at the oscars (laughs) i know she wasn't at the oscars i know that much but it but the point is is that there will be people watching and who will know that and will and will dislike her regardless they'll know exactly the they will know the context and they'll dislike and that's kind of fine because if you've got all the info and you've made a big judgment or maybe you've met her and you think she's a knobhead fine fine people are knobheads loads of people are knobheads I'm a knobhead you're a knobhead you're a knobhead at home listening I'm certain of it we all are Um, but like it's just that thing, the character assassination that comes around things. And what this, I think this is, because I see that, and it comes from, I say, Piers Morgan was kicking off, like going, kicking off a ban. He's done, a, he's had a bit of a tirade about it in the last couple of weeks, I've noticed. Loads. Loads and loads and loads, for no reason. Basically, he's a fucking weirdo and he craves attention. Um, is, why do we hate things that are things? Like, we, things exist, and then the second a thing becomes a thing, and by that I mean it becomes something that it becomes known or becomes established or gets a name or whatever. And when I say we all, we don't. It, it, it just it is like a, tr- a switch is flicked for a portion of the global population to just fucking hate something. I I, I just find it weird. I mean, I guess it's a mark of success. It's like that, like the British media for footballers for so long have mm. built them up, and as soon as they're up there, they pull them back down. It's that yeah. type of a thing, isn't it? That the Megan Megan stuff is is quite strange because there was that video of a hair, obviously with the ball that you've mentioned, but there was another video of it that that was sort of put up to In showcase response. the other side of yeah. it, of her signing about forty fucking things yeah. straight off the bat, smiling for every photograph and stuff like that. And what annoys me about all that stuff is that video never goes as viral as the first one because things that piss people off yeah. go much more viral all the yeah. time than something you know pro- disproving it. That like those people who hate it aren't gonna go fucking retweet that. I'm not gonna retweet that because I was wrong. They're yeah. just gonna leave it yeah. and let that other really bad. You know, thoughts about it, live in the world, and that's that. That's annoyingly, yeah. and we do a doubly show because let, let's be honest. We look at it. You know, she, 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 there was a, the celebrations and a goal celebrations and all that kind of stuff, and she's got she's got a daft haircut, and so when, uh, there will be a percentage of people who just look at it and go, "Not for me." And when you see something that effectively, you make a you make a snap judgment on it. You know, bang into all this. You know, you you make a judgment on someone, and then the second you find some fuel. To fire that that opinion, you made then, aren't you? And that's what that's what a lot of that stuff is. Is someone a lot of people have just decided they just don't like it. They don't like the look of it. They don't like the cut of her jib. And then when you see a video that goes, oh, she's a bit of a fucking. Oh, maybe she's a bit of an arrogant so and so. Perfect. There you go. I, I I'll be honest. I don't really understand that side of things anyway. Maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I just don't get it. But I would. I don't think. I would retweet that even if I did think what it is, mm. because I don't see the benefit for everybody else to see it. It's not even. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like if it was something good, I'd retweet it. But if it was something bad, I don't think I would. But it, what I think, what I've seen is not so much like straight retweets. And don't get me wrong, there'll be hundreds of thousands of them. I'm saying it's it's the conversation around it. That's what you're seeing. It, it's it's quote retweets. It's people discussing. We're doing it right now. But you know, it's people. But I've seen people going. I just don't. I don't. I don't like this. And people react because people react to things. That my, my timeline is very on, on social media is very rarely the incident itself. It's other people's takes 
on the internet itself. So you might, you, know, you can do it with football rumours all the time. You might say, ooh, this is Philippe Coutinho. Not sure I'd be, and, but go one way or the other. That, not having that snake back at Liverpool. And then people go, well, is Coutinho coming back to Liverpool? Well, I don't think I, I. I personally think that if he came back, it'd be a good thing for Liverpool. And that's how we ha- That's how these conversations that develop from this now. It's people giving their 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 hot take on everything, and then people reacting to people. And it's like wildfire; it spreads from there. And then you all of a sudden, as we know on social media, because it loves a good entrenched opinion battle. You've then got a. You've then got sides all of a sudden over an absolute nothing incident that took place in ten seconds. You know, it, it, if the person who got the ball who got the ball signed. And maybe they did, because again, I just don't know the full context of it, because why these things get so far removed. If they went, she was such a knobhead to me. They'd be entitled to, they'd be entitled to have that opinion of someone because they've had a one-to-one interaction. They've been a bit cold with them or whatever. And you can make your own judgment. Most people will go, okay, well, who gives a fuck? We've all been that way. I'm sure of us. All of us have had a, an interaction with a quote-unquote celebrity at some point who's probably not been the sparkling effervescent character we felt they might be. But that's the thing, Paul. They don't have to be. No. There's no obligation for them to be that all of the time. Is mm. anybody watching? Or, you know, we all have good days and bad days mm. and good moments and bad moments. That's the whole point of us. We are human. That's what happens yeah. to us. Ups and downs, peaks and troughs. Speaking as a man who's very much like Eminem in the way I am. Okay. Uh. Okay. But, you know, I think that, that's the thing. It's like someone might come up to, to us outside Anfield or something and, you know, you might be in a bad mood. Liverpool might just be beaten and I might feel like shit and I, I try not to, but you, you don't want to piss anybody off. Yeah. But equally, you can't please everybody all of the time at the, in, the yeah. same, in the same vein. So... I don't know, man. Like, I had a thing with Simon Mignolet. Everyone knows I hated Simon Mignolet for the longest time. It wasn't to do with him being a shit goalkeeper. It was to do with the fact that when I went into Costa Coffee with my wife and my young baby, a baby at the time, he fucking had a whinge about it and moved because she was being... She was a fucking baby. And I was like, you're a tit for that. Now, this season, I can see that everything coming out of the football club is that he's a true professional. He really wants to be there. And And I held on to that hot take for fucking years Mm. until this season. And now I've finally got something I can look at and go... I just been having a bad day there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe she was screaming. Yeah. Maybe I just didn't hear it. Oh no, I remember. And I remember Andy Carroll coming into the the, the restaurant when we when we were working there, and he and it was not, he's not long signed for Liverpool. And because I knew Kev Nolan, I I, I and I just went, oh, I, I am mate. I goes, Kev told you to come in, blah blah. We had a bit of a brief, a, a brief chat. Smiles, no problem. We went in and sat down. He got off. See you later, mate. Good luck this season. Blah blah blah. Not a problem whatsoever. All the staff who'd been on the floor were like, "What a fucking knobhead!" Didn't tip. Andy Carroll came in. How much money is he on a week? And he didn't even leave. Didn't even leave a tip. And you know, because because limited... you spoke to him like that. Well, yeah. But honestly, by the limited interactions with him, he obviously didn't give them whatever it is they were hoping to be got to be gotten from him. This twenty-one-year-old lad who's probably experience of restaurants was probably McDonald's up until that point in his life. And given how healthy he's been down the years, it wouldn't shock me. Um, but like you know, it, it is totally your personal. But if you're looking for something from someone, everyone loves it. Everyone loves a good story of how they've met someone because that's a good like. Oh, I, I met him, and it's even better when you've got like I met them and they were a fucking knobhead. Oh, were they? Oh, go on. What did he do? Oh, go on, tell me a bit more. You know what I mean? Like get into the full fucking gossip of it all. Like you know what I mean? Size the worst. Forty eight. Everyone and everything. And I fucking I'm only best inside. Um, <laughs> But no, we all, I mean, look, we all do it to varying degrees, don't we? But I just, I, I find it fascinating how 
there is a tipping point in life where something becomes popular and it activates it like it's like Russian sleeper agents. It triggers. This is why that's shit. This yeah. is why I don't like them. This is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We, the, the thing is, we live in the world where fan channels exist because people need to get rid of their opinions. That's what we do after mm. the game. People want to hear other people's opinions. We live in a world where Talking Dead exists after Walking Dead and whatever Throne Cast it was or something like that. Yeah. People want that interaction and that you know that's. It, it can be a really good thing, but it can also be a really negative thing as You know well. what it is? I, I used to always say, I, or me, me, me dad used to always say to me, I, he'd, he'd be doing something and I'd go, like, I don't like that, and he'd go, I never asked. That was his response. I never asked you. Like, why are you giving me opinion? And you, you ask for opinions. And this is the problem, is social media has created a world where opinion is implied like you you're, compl you're complicit in it we put comment boxes underneath everything we are asked constantly when we look at it, let us know your thoughts in the comments underneath I'm asking for it um, but like you know we do so we, 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 we've created this world where people are, are forced to constantly generate thoughts and opinions on stuff largely out of boredom and then that becomes then becomes a hill that you have to die on because if you're not the kind of person you can go Ah, that was a bit of a shit hot take. I'm just going to delete that. I'm going to walk away from that. Or I'm going to have a bit of a rethink. Then you know. Then you, we you, should we should all be like you know that scene in Coupling where he's asked to formulate an opinion on some fabric, and he he, he looks at the the colour swaths or patches or whatever they are for a week and and, and just says to Jeff like. I don't feel anything towards any of it. I, I just don't give a shit no, about fucking patches of colour. We, stuff. Had, we, yeah, had we don't. We don't do that. We we formulate opinions based off off of it for no reason. We've, and it's it's totally fine to just go. I don't give a shit. No, thank you very much. Yeah, See no, you later. Next yeah, one. no, absolutely. It's funny because we had we. Had, it's a conversation we had about a year or so ago. And the problem with the, the world that we, we, we kind of grow into when you when it's when it was the days when it was just me and you and we had no one no one to answer to no one to talk to but each other over these things and no no decision makers and no people trying to source brand deals and all these kind of extra bits that have come along with it all. I remember saying when we when we kind of broke into that world, there was a great comment from the people who own Sensible Software, who made Sensible Soccer, and they said it was when people, non-creative people, get into creative conversations, and it's people people constantly asking for opinions and stuff. And I remember saying we we've been having these back and forth conversations for years, and it was a point where I remember saying to you, I if you want people need to stop asking opinions on things because. Or non-experts stop asking non-expert opinions on things. If you if you want it, if you if you've got something and you want someone's take on it, then ask people who you give a fuck about opinion. Don't ask everyone because people will give you opinion. You're going to end up in a world where you put it to a poll, and it's how Brexit happened. Yeah, <laughs> it's how Brexit happened because you ask non-experts to give you opinion. Go on, I'll give you an opinion. Do you like it or do you not like it? Mm, I like it. If you give a percentage of how much you like it, then you can start a variation. But when you make it a binary thing, you enter a world where something becomes a fifty-one percent to a forty-nine percent decision. It's it's, and that's the, the 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 madness of the world we live in. I've I've had to say plenty plenty of times off the back of that. I'll just be honest. I don't. I don't have an opinion on this. If you want me to go away and think of one, I will go away and think of one. But, but really, it, it might care. be the wrong one. I might be. I'm just giving you a fucking shit opinion on on something, so I'll save it for when you can. Um, this leads us on. Actually, I, I wanted to. I want to talk a, a little bit about some of the mad sport and stuff that's happened this week. But it, it, because we're talking about like the opinions and all that, and kind of putting them out there, you. Uh, I want to talk about the video you put out for the Young Turks mm -hmm. this week. 
Um, so for people who don't know, do we tell, just tell people about if you've not seen the video. If we can, we'll, like, we'll, we'll put a bit of it in, uh, yeah, I guess. So we'll chuck it in, but just to give a little context about how the, what, what it is and how it came about. So look at these articles. One of a young white footballer who's bought a house for his mum. Another, a young black footballer who's bought a house for his mum. This is the same publication in England producing an almost identical story, except one has negative connotations. Why is that? It came about because I, I'd, I'd done some work with a producer over at TYT Sports called Rick Strom a few years ago through Redmen. Uh, we he used to do this show called 120 Sports. I thought it was really good. He used to get me on there as a guest. We covered this topic in 120 seconds. I really liked that idea, actually. Um, and then he got he got back in touch with me a few months ago and was like, look, you know, would you like to do something? You know, And I was like, yeah, I would. Um, so, something different, something sort of investigative, some actual maybe towards proper journalism or the, other than just me spouting an opinion on something, something that's well-researched and all that type of stuff. So the back and forth went on towards the back end of the season and I never really had the time to do it. So this probably dragged on for two months. Season ended, come back in here, I was like, I want to get this stuff done. So I started working on it a little bit, a little piece at a time. And the, what he'd asked me to do was completely different to that. And, and I went back to him and, I, and I, actually it does fit in really well. You probably realise that and I've just realised it now. This is why it makes sense. He wanted me to produce something on a certain topic. And I went, I don't know enough about that. I don't want to do that. I want to do something that I want to do. And I think that came from, we get loads of people who, who who email us and say, they said, I'd love to write for Redmen TV. I said, go on then. We, we're not going to promise that we're going to put it out, but write something. And the first question I get back all the time is, what do you want me to write? And I go, you've got to want to write it, mate. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first port of call for anybody who, who thinks they want to do something. Like if you want to write, don't let, well, don't wait for me to go get, make me a player ratings. Cause it's not, that might not be content that you enjoy writing. So for me, I Particularly was like- Particularly if you're looking to put your best foot forward. Exactly. Because there's going to be, if you get a, a job writing, you're gonna to have to write loads of bollocks on a day on a day on a day to day basis. But if you're looking to showcase something, then you want to put you want to do something you give it exactly. So I, I came to it and I was like, obviously the the Raheem Sterling, the the Chelsea stuff at the back end of the season was uh, really sort of uh, prominent. And the fact that I'd sat down and done a show with um, Akeem from Cheeky Sport, mm -hmm. um, and I, I seem to have been talking about racism in football a lot over the course of like newsrooms and stuff over on the site. So it was bubbling under, and I didn't feel like. Although I'd probably talked about it for maybe three or four hours across loads of different things, I didn't feel like I'd definitively had my say mm -hmm. on on it. But equally, I didn't want it to just be my say. I wanted it to be just more than that. I wanted other people to watch it and then formulate their own opinion off the back of it without me ramming my opinion mm -hmm. down their throat. I hope that I achieved that anyway. So then, so then I must admit there was there was a time where I was really apprehensive about it. Like I was dead busy to begin with. And then I got to the point where I'd written the script, I'd not filmed it, and I actually typed an email saying I'm too busy to do this mm -hmm. because I didn't want to put myself out there for it because mainly because of the Chelsea Rent Boys stuff from, mm -hmm. from a few years ago. And, you know, people have heard me talk on air about how much that's affected me. And I thought I was kind of past it, but equally putting yourself out there when you've got that hanging over you, I wasn't. Well, we live in a world where old tweets come back to haunt, come back to haunt people all the time. Past opinions are held up, you know, and whenever you particularly jump on a, a soapbox or you get behind a, a you know, a, a, a powerful topic, 
because of the whole whataboutism that everyone's mad for at the moment, it's dead easy to go, well, you've got this opinion on this, but what about this opinion you once held on uh, that? And I think, you know, for, for me, I'd, I'd mentioned it in the first talks with Rick. I was like, you know about this, don't you? And he's like, yeah, I'm not asked. I saw your apologies. I've seen what you've talked about since then. I watch your stuff still. I'm not bothered. We're not bothered. And that gave me a little bit of confidence and I deleted the email and, I, and, and me and Tom went and recorded it. We put it together um, and then we were really happy with it. We sent it off uh, a few different versions and then it wasn't until last Friday, probably five days after I sent him it, that it went out. And first, like as soon as I knew, I was like, wow, this, this might actually fucking bang. And I think, I think, Initially, why I deleted that email was more a case of what I've written, I believe in, and it doesn't matter what comes back on me for it because if I can help one person, then it will be worth it. Mm -hmm. um, if I can help two, then you know, two for one against, and I win, and I'm winning big time. Um, so yeah, I went for it. I was really, really proud of of, of what we what we'd done. Um, of the video and more importantly absolutely just fucking blown away by the responses and the way the responses about the Chelsea stuff and um, I think there was maybe four or five and probably genuinely thousands and thousands of tweeting support on it, it I mean crazy numbers I think it's done 800,000 views and stuff like that in, in a few days and it's it absolutely blown me away and what I realised is I, I can we've been doing this for 10 years and yet that's the first time I've felt like I've really pushed something that I'm really, really, truly and utterly, and I'm proud of what we've done, mm -hmm. but this is in a different way. I think this might actually make some kind of a difference to people yeah. uh, rather than other, help them to support a football club. So for me, massively proud of what's happened since. It's, I think it's all, it's all fascinating, isn't it? Because, you know, obviously you talk about the... The obviously the racism that exists in the, in in the country it's 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 mad, particularly around football. It, randomly enough, I've just shot a video with former Liverpool Leeds player Dominic Matteo, who's kind of off camera. I, I I think I don't think you mind me kind of saying, but like he was talking about like run-ins with old school football fans. He was a he was a the Liverpool Bradford pre-season game. This is not a racism thing, but it, it, it you know it could well be. But he was saying how like you've just got people who are entrenched in the way. So we had like old school Bradford thugs coming up to him showing them the scars on the face and saying like your leads did this to me your lot did this to me and you've got you've still got these whether it's gangs of fellas or gangs of people it doesn't particularly matter who have just got and you know some of it's old school people who maybe haven't been educated enough but there is uh, an institutionalised old school way of, th of thinking particularly around, around football and it's because it, it, it seems crazy to me that we live in a world where those things still happen where you can have people Screaming abuse at a football, at a, at, a, at a footy match. I think it's mad, but but it's bigger it, than that. And I, I tried to showcase that. It's not just the players that received this. You know, Akeem came on air and spoke about it and stuff. You know, he said his words were racism on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. You know, we put a clip of that video, one of the videos that they when they've received it. We know when he did some stuff for uh, when sorry when Joel did some stuff for us um, that he was racially abused on the on the back, and we couldn't actually find that footage unfortunately um, to throw in there. So it's not just in the football; it's it's everywhere. Yeah. And and the 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 thing that I thought made that a powerful piece is that it showed that this isn't a football issue; this is a societal issue yeah, yeah. that still exists and it's still prevalent today. And you know whether people are shouting it out loud is kind of 
to some point irrelevant. Mm. It's the fact that the thoughts are there. Yeah. And what's annoying is they feel like that's a safe place to do it. Don't mm. get me wrong. But education's the key to, to, to be in this and, and changing people's ways. But it's going to be difficult. And I think, you know, it, I'm really glad that we've got a, a an audience and a platform to be able to showcase stuff that we think is right. Mm-hmm. No, it's right. I, I've I, I've long said the problem we've got, and it goes back to what we were talking at the, at the top about opinions and what have you. It's so easy to throw your opinion out there now. It's too it's too easy. It's too easy to throw an un, an unconsidered opinion. And I I when I started doing my my own YouTube channel, I I, I resisted it for ages because I didn't li- I didn't like that. There's a comfort that I think that comes from being in a group of people. So Redmen was always a bit more comforting because it was always it wasn't about me. It was about it was a Liverpool a Liverpool channel. When you start putting yourself out there, you realise that you, when you put an opinion, I don't like putting half-assed opinions out. And there's a temptation to do that because particularly on like YouTube and uh, and what have you is if you set a set of we talk about this all the time when you when you if you want to be a success on YouTube, you create a series and you you are then committed to doing that series for fucking ever, whether it's like every day or every week or every month or whatever. And if you if you're committed to putting opinions out there, then you reach a point where you're going to have to start generating some opinions if you because you're like oh well, I, I, there's a bit of content that needs to go out and I realise that if you're going to put but I, I try to the to the best of my ability to say well actually you know what if I've got nothing to say then I'm just going to say nothing for a week or two weeks until something grabs me and, and, and takes me or you know a sponsor decides they really need a video um, but not didn't motivate this week's mixed TV video in the slightest um, what but, do you think about Fugazi because you were pretty blase about it earlier on in the show Paul and yeah, and yeah I do remember a video that's just been released. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the last thirty seconds of the video <laughs> where I went, "Oh, we'd be a decent acquisition." Um, clickbait. Um, but no, uh, so I think it is important to 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 be to be considering the things that you put out there because. Be- because of the reaction to things and because of comments and because of because of, of Twitter and all the things and people can as we well know can take things and clip them up and use them as ammunition against you it's important and I think that's why what I think what's so great about what you've done with the, the young text there is that and why it's a it's a milestone moment in some regards and it, it you are right to consider it because if you it's a bit and particularly such a big topic hey we saw it on this channel when we put that video slagging tommy robinson off and the, the dog's abuse we got in the comments for all that now here's the thing i'm not asked because i think he's a fucking gobshite and i'm happy to you know to, to, to put stuff out there because that is that i'm not i'm not scared of the of the blowback from those kind of things but those are things where you do have to be in consideration because i could I, I could put a video out saying I, I fucking hate such and such. Well, I don't really. They just annoy, they just annoy me a little bit. And then they might do something that turns out that they're actually- Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Actually, decent, and then I just look a bit of a fucking gobshite because I've rallied loads. Of, I've rallied 10,000 people behind a, a cause that I'm not really that committed to. I just... Had a bit of a bad night's sleep, and someone did something really stupid that pissed me off, and then I went and recorded a video on it. That's yeah. So I think I, I think that was it. Was look, let's not use the let's not use the word brave um, because bravery is a completely different thing. I think from making videos and putting them on YouTube. But in terms of you, you again putting yourself out there in a world that has where you've put yourself out and been burned in the past. I think I'm I'm made up how 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 big it's gone and. Uh, you know, you've given yourself a high benchmark. I sent it to Aubrey after it record after it had gone out. I am fucking hell. You came out swinging there, didn't you, lad? <laughs> I was like, all right, you know what? If I'm going to fucking do something, I'm going to try and do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I think loads of people have, funnily enough, got in touch. Like, what, what are you going to do the next one on? And I'm like, I don't know yet because I don't want. I, like, I'm not. I'm not committed to do a weekly video for them or anything like that, which is good. You know, I can I can think about it, I can plan it, I can think about what I want to, how I want to try and make that video and stuff, and whether they'll have another one or not. I've not actually even spoken to Rick about it since, and um, we're scheduled to chat later this week. But hopefully, I do get to do something, and hopefully, I just you know we've constantly sort of broken down walls as we've gone along over the last few years, and if it gets me out of that stood outside the game screaming me head off. Thing, then I'll feel much better for it. Like Absolutely. you know what I mean. Sorry, well, that's, that's a, you know, so much of what we do is just it's disposable content, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> just, all right, you're swapping drinks. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's disposable content. Content that exists there for a bit, and then you you move on. It's nice to do something that's that, that's that stand, hopefully has a positive message and stands the test of time. Funnily enough, uh, this is all wonderfully segueing together. Is on the kind of leading out for this. It's one of the reasons why I love the. Um, England winning the Cricket World Cup so much you know we talk about this institutionalised societal racism and when you've got Jacob Rees-Mogg coming out and trying to somehow claim England winning the World Cup as some sort of victory for England uh, you know and, and Brexit and all that kind of stuff which is the biggest load of horse shit I've ever heard and in my life and the cricketers even said it themselves what makes them good is their diversity isn't it yeah. well you've got guys from like literally around the world you know what I mean the, 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 you know you've got an, an Irishman basically won the World Cup Won, you know, won the World Cup with the, it, it was batting. You got, I think the the bowlers from was from Trinidad originally. Yeah, ca- ca- yeah ca- somewhere in the Caribbean. I don't know the country exactly. There's, I think there's an Indian there. That, there's all kinds. Yeah, that's boss. Yeah, and, and I absolutely, absolutely love that because there's so sport is so often used like it's used as a political tool. People say keep politics out, out of sport, but when you've got like again, people are just just inherently isolationist elitist, arguably dead racist dickheads try to use this to further an agenda and people just go, ah, ah, ah. 
can I just stop you there a second? Can I just draw attention to the fact that, you know, if, if you pulled up a big fucking wall around the United Kingdom, in fact, not the United Kingdom because it's not a fucking United Kingdom, if you pulled the wall around England or whatever you wanted, that cricket team, A, wouldn't get to play anyone, uh, and half the good players wouldn't be, would you know, the next generation of these players wouldn't be playing for, for England anyway. So when you, if you decided to pull the wall down to play a game in 10 years, 20 years' time or whatever, they'd get absolutely battered everywhere because all the best players would be playing for for the nations and what have you um did you what did you watch i guess you watched the tennis instead i watched the tennis and the grand prix uh-huh. and then i saw the super over and then i went and watched the tour de france i i my dad had the because the liverpool friendly was on the bradford game we went we went working that so i i, I missed the first half of that and the cricket was on. I was like, okay, well, it's the it's the, it's the world final, fine. Um, and I, I was sort of half paying attention to it. England would largely collapsing uh, around, you know, in the in the early it was stages. Like eighty four for three when yeah, I flipped on at was, one point. It was it was going a bit a bit wrong. And then kind of got on with me evening, got back home, and I was like, I'll just check that. And it was like the last sort of like twelve balls or whatever before prior to prior to super over. And I, it's mad because I like I like cricket. I don't. I don't it's the, uh, there's a host of sports because you 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 just like tons and tons of sports and you watch them all pretty pretty religiously. I like loads of sports, but I haven't got the time time to watch them. So like, I like I there's loads of sports I can pick up and watch. So if I'm for, if I'm into a situation where it's there, I'll engage I can engage and I understand the rules and I can play to a to a varying level, but I don't really actively follow. And cricket's one of the big big ones in that. I was watching that and it was one of those. You realise it's one of those generational moments. I I was jumping around me, jumping around me room with with it on the telly, screaming and and and, and whooping and stuff. And when it got down to that, like that, it got down to the super over, just the most ridiculously incredible moment of sport. You know, when you, you realise you're like, I'm made up. I'm watching this because these moments happen so few. And if you get because of like Netflix and because of Amazon and because of all those other streaming services, we tend not to watch. We don't have water cooler moments so much anymore. Sport is the are the last real ones in that regard. So when you when you're watching history kind of unfolding, absolutely absolutely love that that moment when he when Morgan slid in, and the ball hits his bat yeah. and got, and it and runs then it goes out for the... and it runs to the forward and you get the you get the see and I, it's like how the fuck it was that for me was like Jersey Dudek putting his arms out and and and, and saving from Shevchenko and you're like there's no way you don't win off the back of that and then by all accounts was it uh, Federer uh, Djokovic was it in the in, in the finals went went the, Mate, full, so that, the full way so so you know I used to play tennis and you know I was watching it and I'd forgotten that they changed the bloody rules in the final set so it used to be that in the fifth set you can't win it by a tiebreaker it just goes on until someone wins by a clear two games but this year they brought it in when if it gets to 12 all they have another tiebreaker and at that point I was so gutted for Federer I'm a massive Federer fan and I watched this semi-final against Nadal and seeing him go through against him who I thought Nadal's had a better season than Federer and would beat him actually you know 37 years old playing in a Wimbledon final first time in a couple of years and you know the greatest that ever has played the game to then go against the best right now in Novak Djokovic it wasn't until the fifth set where Novak even got a bloody break point against Federer's serve Federer was that good yet he found himself two sets to one down in the fourth 
and because Novak won both tie breaks and, and Federer, I think it was in the first set tie break, his forehand went to pot, and the second in the third set tie break, his backhand went to pot. Completely out of character for the rest of the game. So when it went to twelve all, the became the longest ever men's final since two thousand. Well, the longest ever, but the last one was two thousand eight against Nadal, which Nadal won, which was unbelievable in its own right. To then go into a bloody tie break for Wimbledon, and and the cricket's going on at all the same time, and you're like, what the hell's going on? I was so I was the opposite of you I was so gutted for Federer I, I like Novak I think he's a good player but like to see to see him lose like that when I thought had the game just the rules just been what they were the year before I think he had a chance yeah. even at 37 like and then the backlash out of it and stuff and watching Lewis Hamilton break a record as well you know that was his sixth British Grand Prix more than anybody he's won the British Grand Prix now in his own backyard the one he wants to win most and stuff fucking day for sport man and then Liverpool beat Bradford Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not often a day where Liverpool winning a game of football ranks like lowest on your priorities, but so, so it is. What a what a fantastic weekend. Um, moving on, we had a, it. Kind of leads a little bit into what we normally do: life advice at the back end of the pod. But we were invited back to our old senior school yes. last week to do a, to do a careers talk. Um, which is just weird, so weird, so weird. <laughs> Bearing in mind, and I've said this, I, I, I saved this nugget for like the last question when we were asked at the time. I kept it on the download. Eighteen years ago, we left senior school, um, and we were told unequivocally that we were never to return. Like we basically, we were like, we were so we we were, we got in so much trouble in that last like year of school that we were we were basically told you you know you're not going to be counted as an ex member of the school. <laughs> Everyone else be, going off to be old blues, and we were just yeah, we were told we weren't, we weren't allowed to be considered like alumni or whatever. Yeah, we and we weren't allowed back on the school premises or anything like that. My mum bollocked me when I told her on Friday yeah. night. You know, really? Yeah, I didn't tell her that until Did you then. Know? So Friday I come back, she's like, "How's the course? It was my dad's birthday." So everyone's around at my mum's and I'm like, you won't like me saying this, mum, but, you know, they told me I wasn't allowed back. And she was, blood was boiling, all the mates were there and all that. I was like, but it's fine, because now they've invited me back to, to give career talks to them. And she's like, I can't believe you, Chris. can't believe it. Why, why didn't you tell me this? I'm like... This, 18 this, years after the real. fact, you're still annoyed. Imagine how annoyed she'd have been back in, back in the day, yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, we, it's funny. We had a strange a strange relationship maybe more around that time because, yeah, we we were both massive knobheads in sixth form. Um, but yeah, it was great. But do you remember we, what my my mum and dad's phone number was in my phone as back then? A start to lie. <laughs> Yeah, so you, it wasn't called Mum and Dad Home or Home. It was called Start to Lie. So whenever his phone rang, that's what it would, what it would. And that's exactly about. what I would do, no matter what I was doing. So I might be just playing a computer game of pause, and I would lie you for be, no it reason. It was mad, mad. You'd be there, and there'd be no, it'd be fine. We weren't doing anything wrong. You wouldn't. You were allowed to be at mine. We'd be sat playing on the PlayStation. You'd be like, you're in mine, and you'd be like, I'm in Steve's, and it's, I'm like. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, for no reason whatsoever. It was great, but it was uh, it was funny because obviously we got to go and do a tour and we got to see some of the things. It's mad when you walk down corridors that you haven't walked down for, you know, like that's ha at half our life ago since we, you know, since we were in since we were in there. It's mad, it's, you know, we were eighteen when we left and it's been eighteen years, eighteen years since, which is crazy. Doesn't feel like that long ago. No, no, at it, it doesn't. Does it, it, like, I, I, but looking back, looking at the school and how much has changed, it looked like more. Yeah. 
no, true. It's so funny though, but it was great doing get, getting asked the, uh, advice on things and people saying like, "What did you What did you do?" and "What did you get up to?" And we had to, we kind of had to temper a lot of the stuff we, we were saying because you know you got to give a, a positive, uplifting message. And I always wanted to because the, the, that school, it's a blue, the blue live public school, by the way. For anyone who knows, that's what we went to for our for our sins. That's where we went. Um, it was. It was a weird place. I always describe it as like Hogwarts without the magic. It was very old school, draconian. Like the head teacher wore like a gown. I don't mean like a wedding gown. I mean like a mad cape thing. With fluffy bits fluffy here. Bits. And, 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 then, and then the assistant didn't have quite as much fluff. And it was more like Jon Snow's cape, I suppose. Yeah, the and, but they come out and they do readings. And it was like, they do prayers. And you'd be like, if you don't want to... If you don't want to pray, then you shouldn't be here. It's, like, it's a fucking C of E school for a start. And I'm sorry, I'm not getting into the thing. Like, but honestly, honestly, Church of England, la. Like, you go, you speak to a, you speak to a, a Catholic priest, and they, you know, you go, well, what about this? And they've got a big series. You ask, you ask a vicar, and they're like, I don't worry about it, lad. <laughs> don't worry about it. But like, you had there's, there's Muslim kids and Sikh kids and all kinds. It's like, I got a second. You know, like don't don't make out like you're some mad mad big religious school because I'm not gonna sit here and mumble some words about the Lord. Like, um, sorry, you, listen, people believe what you want to believe. It's absolutely fine as long as it makes you happy and doesn't make anyone else miserable. More important. Um, but yeah, it was it was so horrible and 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 backwards and draconian it was always geared towards like if you, if you want to be a doctor or a dentist then you go into Oxford and you go into Cambridge and all this kind of stuff and I was like <laughs> just want to make videos kind of want to be a director or you know or a rock and roll star or whatever like and, um, but that was one of the reasons that you actually got told you weren't allowed back isn't it because it was Caulfield that told us that yeah I got yeah because they, they said here's the thing I'd, I would, I'd watched and there was an Oasis documentary around this time I was a mad, mad Oasis fan and there was a bit where Liam Gallagher recounts a story about him going to the, uh, the job centre and they said um, like what do you want to be and he said uh, I'm going to be a rock and roll star and he went you can't can't be that. And he went fine. Get me a job as a lumberjack, chopping fucking trees down. And it and and that was just in my head. So I walked in and they, they said to me, I, I think I've, I must have said this on here before, but if not, I, I told them I wanted to be a pop star, and they weren't happy with that as a response. But it was hilarious because how many teachers came up to me in the days afterwards and were like, "Did you tell the head teacher you really wanted to, to be, be a pop star? Did you wanted to be a, a pop star?" I was like, "Whatever," and they would kill themselves. So listen, me. basically, what I'm saying to you is, you know, Paul has these dreams and aspirations, and you know what. Christmas number one, Paul Machen, I reckon we're going for it. I'll get there eventually. Like, you know, I've, I've got an, I've got what a, did you go with? I've got an LP in me, Chris. Good lad. <laughs> yeah. I like it. Killing in the name. That's, you know, and get, get, see, go up against the next Factor song and then see if you can get a groundswell for, going you, for it. If you, you want to like. go the complete opposite way, I'll be your Mr. Blobby. Did he have you a Christmas always, number one? You've always been my Mr. Blobby. <laughs> um, the, um, yeah, it, but we, we had some... It was mad times because there was, a, there was basically... Five years of, of just normal school, and I was fine. I had me, me mates and played a bit of footy and did me bits and pieces. Never really kept me head down. Wasn't particularly exceptional in, in kind of anything. And then we got into sixth form and then <sighs> discovered like ale and and beds and then became friends with you. <laughs> and then that I, I, I had more detentions in... <laughs> Uh, upper sixth, <laughs> six, sixth form than I'd had in the entirety of lower school, which is insane when you think about it. You're not meant to, because just just teachers were, were knobheads. But what were the uh, the one one moment that strikes out? Because you were talking about your mum's reaction to stuff, and this is why I had a, a bit of a tense relationship at the time with my parents, because I, I got my tongue pierced 
and um, at that time, I had to. I'd been in trouble with 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 the school or whatever, and my mum got asked to come in and speak about me me behaviour and me progress and all that kind of stuff. But my mum wasn't speaking to me at the time because I'd got my tongue pierced, uh, and it was still healing as well, so it was still a bit swollen. Uh, and I've got, I've got a big tongue anyway, um, so it doesn't it didn't help didn't help that. Uh, so any... that's one for the hundred thousand Q and A with Charlie on his channel. <laughs> <laughs> She'll answer it honestly. Um, the um, so yeah, but it, so it was a bit swollen, and, and I had to talk. But I was like, I've paid fifty quid for this. I'm not. If they see it, they're going to ask me to take it out. And but like I said, my mum had come. I'm mean, like, my mum was amazing. She's one of those those people who who like she's just so so nice and so 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 sweet. But if if she's forced to go to bath for you, she'll fucking she will go to bath for you. She'll go to war for you, my mum. Like and um. So she's like, she's dead fish, she's stepping in, but she's trying to go, she's going to bath for me when she's just so angry with me, it's unbelievable. And I had to, I was being asked questions, and I had to, it was like the bit in Friends when Ross has bleached his teeth, and he's going, <laughs> like finding different things to cover my mouth with, like somebody didn't see this flash of silver going past. Put your hair over your mouth at that point. No, I, I didn't have. I didn't have the hair for that. Not that was a, that was a that was a university thing. But the um, I um, yeah, it was it was it was hilarious. Like trying to have these like grown up like no, fine. I'm I'm going to book my ideas. <laughs> I'm going to book my ideas off and do. That. I sounded like fucking Harry Kane, basically <laughs> Scouse Harry Kane. Um, and yeah, I, I uh, we walked out of that, and it was like literally, me and mum came separately. We met up, we had this thing. She fought the case, and then we went out separately. She was fucking raging with me, and it came to the point. I think I kept, I think I kept my tongue piercing in for like a year. I think I was, I think I was in uni, and uh, she finally, she finally came to me and went, "Take, you're gonna take it." And I'll be honest, it was doom yeah Then at that point, like, <laughs> tongue piercing, just shit. They look cool, and don't get me wrong, like. I, it helped me pull so many birds as a teenager because you can go, have you ever have you ever copped for anyone with a tongue piercing? And they go, no, word, do you want to try? Uh, which is the things you can say when you're 17, 18 and, and, you know, and, and imagine thin. Imagine saying that now. Yeah, imagine going into like a, at the pub now, a sensible <laughs> have bar. Have you ever copped? What's copped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you ever necked anyone with a, with a, with a tongue bar before? Uh, but, um... Yeah, kind of, kind of, by the way, I got to the point that I was playing footy and I kept biting and I kept fucking, I kept like, I kept, Play, banging it off my teeth and, I, and she went I'll, pay, I'll basically pay you the money you paid for it to take it out so I took me 50 quid no. took it out handed it over to her but and I, but it, yeah I never I never never kind of looked back unfortunately but yeah um, yeah my, my go on you just do we dare do the story of your earliest of your of your earliest memory we can do the story of my earliest memory in blue because we were asked the question we were asked the question so the question was what was your earliest memory of sitting in this chapel yeah and and it's like <laughs> it's just a kind of fact there's literally a chapel attached to school our school was fucking weird like it was proper so weird. i don't know when this was but this is my earliest memory of it and i don't think it was opening day I don't think it's fair just to clarify, but when you say it's a I don't think we can say the lad's name out loud. Just oh, in case. no, 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 no. We'll just call him James. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's. Let's. So, James. 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 <laughs> yeah. Used to sit next to me in school, and James had a really big cock. 
right, and what James would do, and, he, and I mean, it was fucking massive. He probably wants his name to be said to be fair if he's watching this. <laughs> Not if he's, depends what job he's doing these days, yeah. I guess. Like, it's so, all right for us. So he's a friend of mine with a really big cock. And I know that he had a big cock because this is what he used to do with it. He'd, I can't believe I'm going to say this. He'd, <laughs> he'd rub himself up to let's say 50% semi-condition <laughs> right and then he was he was particularly dexterous in that region and could let's just say move it whenever he wants mm. so he, he'd get he'd get himself to a semi on and then he'd go Chris and then and then you'd look at him and he'd flip his cock over his leg onto yours. So all of a sudden you'd have to, a bell end sat on your leg <laughs> in the fucking chapel and you're like, ah, what are you I doing? I mean, I'm like, bearing in mind, we call it the chapel. It's basically a small church. You know, it's like, you know, you had pews, which I've got any more or the story. Um, you basically sat in a, in a, in a de facto CME church with, with a, a small boy's penis on your leg. <laughs> And not a small boy. Can you remember what age you would have been? I've got no idea. You must have been. Honest. You must have been it. You must have been teen. I think, teen I, I think it was 14, 15, probably something like that. Like it's worrying also that that's your earliest memory yeah. of the school. Yeah. A lot of things have happened since then. Yeah. yeah, yeah, great times. Uh, yeah. So, that, so needless to say, when they asked us what my earliest memory of the chapel was, I didn't say that. No, because you know. It was, that would have been a asked, bit weird. What was your memory being? And you're being in this chapel, yeah. and you were like. <laughs> um, I can't say that, don't Mike. Think I can say, yeah. And he's like, "No, you can't say. Do not say that. Please do not say that to the children of the of of this of this." Group. I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it still happens. Kids are kids are teenagers are mad, aren't they? Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Oh yes, yeah. well, so there you go. Used someone else cock, used to love do his it. Cock out. Yeah. Was his name James as well? Let's say, let's say, it. Let's say <laughs> his name was also was also James. Um, but yeah, it was it was fascinating being back there because I think it was a great for me. It was it was it. What I loved about it was because we were told we were told in no uncertain terms that we we would make nothing of our lives basically. And there's a difference because that's I mean that school it was such it, it was such a good academic school that we were we had a base level of schooling in there regardless of how well we paid attention and how well we performed and how often we turned up two lessons and what, and what have you by, by the end of it so you know we, we we knew we were always going to be okay but I, I, there was a great personal sense of satisfaction for walking back in there because so at the time there was no there was no careers advice for wanting to do oh look this this didn't exist you know I mean, of course we left we left that school in 2001 you know it was post post the treble season would have been a great time to start a to start a liverpool fan channel um but you know we had dial up internet broadband came in like a year later i think we got it in like 2002 we got brought broadband internet it still wasn't freely available video technology wasn't there you know so you couldn't really give this advice but even like uh wanting to go and work for the bbc or whatever that it wasn't it, it was as you it. mentioned before it, everyone was funneled into one career path almost yeah. which kind of went against how they used to uh, bring students in because they used to bring students in based on sports and merit and acad mm. academics as well so but for us it was very much you go to school you go to sixth form you go to university and 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 for the best ones in there you go to school you go to sixth form you go to oxford or cambridge and that was the aim and then you became a doctor a dentist a lawyer something like that and so it was interesting speaking to mike who, who was the guy who invited us back and he was saying like we think this one might be really beneficial because most of the people who do come back here 
are from those things but there are also there are loads of kids in this school who not only did the school put that pressure on them but also that the parents put that pressure on them to follow that path mm -hmm. and they might be sitting there thinking i don't want that from my life so it's actually for us to be able to go in there and say you don't like we went to the school and it didn't it didn't fit us at the time so to be able to talk to those people and say there are other things out there that you can do and you can still make a success of yourself without following the path that has almost been chosen she was really good for, for that's what i enjoyed about it anyway. yeah and, and uh, just that thing you know being being you don't necessarily know how things are going to pan out when you're, you're 18 you're a completely different person we've had to go around the houses to get to where to get to where we are but i always wanted that return i i fantasized about being able to go back to that school with a, with a strut on to to you know to to show like hang on a second you were completely wrong and it, it's also telling of course that so many of those teachers are just the the, the the ones who were horrible and the ones who were uh, who were, who were dickheads you know they've had they're either dead or retired now like so it doesn't really it it, it burns less in in that regard but it does you know it, 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 i think it's a real strong indicator of if you don't know what you if you don't know exactly what you want to do at 18 it doesn't matter you know provided you provided you, you try to keep moving forwards and you keep learning and you keep working hard at stuff then you know you might get told you're going to do absolutely fuck all with your life but it's not it doesn't make it true because there's so much to learn and so much space to grow into and all that kind of stuff uh, but i absolutely buzzed off it and i i'm looking forward to hopefully doing more of that kind of kind of stuff in the future definitely made a break a nice pleasant break from the norm didn't it, did, it? it was good yeah um i went down and happened for a break first because we were close yeah exactly we just went through the, the magical mystery tour of our of if we our, could of only go the quickie and get a, a, a swiss roll and a can of coke yeah eh? absolutely it's, it's the, and, and the coffee house for a pint to complete the full the full set of just what and maybe go and climb a tree in coldies park that would have been pretty much our entire entire youth tony hawks 2 <laughs> on, on, on the playstation one which we can't do yeah um yeah chris thank you very much that's been an it's absolutely been pleasure this really enjoyable mm, yeah make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel if you're on the youtube channel if you listen to this on a podcast app or whatever give it a five star review that always helps everything have you read them we do there's some absolute belters oh really yeah on oh, itunes boss, and stuff yeah boss well i tell really you what, thank we, you very much for those who have actually if someone it. reminds us simon um we'll, we'll read some of them out it's uh, probably on the next one uh we're in america next week covering the liverpool us tour so there won't be it there won't be we'll put it we'll put another best off clip out um if anyone suggestions actually because there's, there'll be people who watch and listen to these podcasts all the way through and they've listened to every single one of them if you've got a favorite bit or moment that you think would be useful or think that people would, would gain something from or what have you let us know in the comments or tweet me at the paul matron or at mr blood red or both of us um and let us know what you bit because obviously the big things some people aren't in for sitting down for 45 minutes or an hour but if the sections that you've really enjoyed from these podcasts that you think should be shared with the wider world then let us know and we'll start to put a few more of them out so you can it's easy for you to share them to people and show well oh, this is these guys they're not bad knobheads or they are but they're the kind of knobheads that you might like and um, that'll work for me um thanks everyone for watching for listening and we'll be back very very soon cheers even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 